It's October. And you know what that means, everybody. Once again, Miles is subjecting me to everything spooky and scary. We're talking about Netflix's Night Books. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite show, The More You Nerd. My name is Drew, and I am here, very scared, terrified, shaking, and quaking in my boots to talk about night books with my good buddy, Miles. Miles, how are you? I'm, I'm so excited. I know we you have, are. It's October. I know you're excited. It's, it's my time of the year. Yes, but we have a very, very special ghost with us this week. Renier Croft, who runs Horror for Kids. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here talking to your podcast. Um, I, I'm so excited. I'm just super excited. Can't wait. <laughs> I, I have been following you for, for quite some time, and like all the interactions that you've probably had is, is, with, is with me. And I immediately was so excited that someone was doing something that i have wanted to do for a very very long time and that's focus on on horror for for well as you as your name is horror for kids but horror for for people who are growing up basically and i think that's such an important thing to focus on so what got you what got you started on doing this well thank you so much like honestly like when people say these kind things about horror for kids it just like it really means the world for me and it all like kind of started with the pandemic and like just having the time on my hands to like to to pretty much do this whole thing. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do, like kind of find a channel or an avenue that I can just funnel all this horror energy through. Um, and so I, the thing, the thing about me is, up until like last year, I was the biggest chicken, the biggest scaredy cat you've ever met. Right. So uh, Drew, I know, I know, I know. I was, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Right. So I like my whole life has been kids horror. pretty much. Um, and so that kind of changed with the pandemic. I don't know how, don't ask me why, but all of a sudden I could stomach the gory horrors that I never was in the past able to. So I'm on this journey of discovering all these new movies, but that's um, so kind of through that whole thing i <laughs> i began kind of this horror for kids channel where i was just kind of celebrating all the things that i for the past 29 years of my life have been you know enjoying and that's like all of the shows like uh are you afraid of the dark and goosebumps and all these like classic uh you had covered a bunch of them as well movies like the adams family like this just classic classic horror uh for the whole family and so the thing about it too is that when like originally and to the point i still hope that i can someday uh accomplish this but what i wanted to do with horror for kids at the very beginning was start like a like a summer camp have like a camp for kids and pretty much like it was gonna be like a daycare kind of situation where like you drop your kids off um pretty much we do all sorts of spooky cool things like bake all kind of spooky goodies and, and you know <laughs> go on little uh horror kids adventures and while like we take breaks to watch an episode of goosebumps or like an, an, an episode of whatever and like 
pretty much you pick your kids up at six o'clock. They get a little loot bag full of candy and other spooky goodies. And that's the, and that's the day. And so that's why like, I, I, I love kids and I love horror. So like, that's totally my passion there. But uh, until I can get that started up and up and running, I am putting my all into this horror for kids page, which I is just like a, yeah, just a celebration of all of, all the family friendly horrors. And it's, blown up i mean i follow so many horror personalities and i see sometimes i see tweets from from you before i actually see it from you i see that stuff like yeah gory cory or rebecca mckendry or fangoria or somebody has already retweeted something that you've put out and i i think it's incredible because i think the the misconception about uh horror fans is that everyone's just kind of kind of like almost like the punk rock scene everyone's super hardcore and everyone's you know burly and aggro and the thing is it's more like a care bear meeting when you meet <laughs> a bunch of horror fans everyone is so like gracious to be in the presence of another horror fan and share something that they really connect with because i feel like if you're a horror fan this is me personally if you're a horror fan as a kid it is an outlet to kind of understand the world you can kind of yes. fertilize the ideas of, of the things that, that are going on around you, or it helps you process certain traumas, or it hurt. It just helps you figure things out. And I think stories like that are so important for kids. And I, I feel they also kind of, you know, breed a really healthy mental state. I couldn't agree more. Like, literally, that's, that's exactly it. I, I feel like horror, uh, for so many kids, is an outlet it's it's a way to kind of like express themselves um you know like i'm super excited that we're going to talk about the movie night books because that's one of the themes there is kind of like mm -hmm. staying true to yourself right and and to have that yeah, I like i wanted to have you on for this movie specifically <laughs> Amazing. Like, yeah, Thank so, you. so this movie is about, about you two right <laughs> <laughs> no it really is about oh <laughs> uh, no I, I i just love it so much that's definitely one of the themes there is um you, you know just really staying true to who you are and and for kids that's huge i really also love about your page is it it promotes awareness of these things because most people who are into the genre know goosebumps are here for the dark hocus pocus you know, the, the big hits but there's a lot more you know horror for kids that people just don't know about or they didn't have access to and sadly it's fewer and far between a lot of times uh in tv and movies these days yeah no that's that's a great point and you know first of all what i what i wanted to say um all those people that you mentioned before about like uh cory cory and all of them they like the horror community has just been absolutely like the most welcoming um kindest space I, I think i've ever been a part of like it's just it's just so outstanding to me like i like especially being kind of like a new player um just the way that we've been welcomed in this space has just been so so amazing and i'm just so thankful to everyone like you guys included for like like supporting us and, and, and all that so just thank you for that but uh, i definitely feel like one of the things that I take the most joy in is like finding new horror for kids. Like I'll be on my phone sometimes searching. Okay. Well, what kid, cause I'm, I'm, I'm from Toronto. I don't know where you guys are from, but I'm from Canada. Um, so like, there is a lot, like even in the States shows that I missed as a kid, like 
shows in the UK that I missed as a kid, shows all over the world. So it's like, and, and I find that like kind of like the more followers we have, the more perspective that I get in the comments from people all over the world, like either relating to something or telling us about like something that we had no idea even existed. So it is super cool that, you know, on Twitter, uh, there's just that, that global horror community. It's, it's so funny to hear you say that because you, were you uh, born and raised in, in Canada? Yeah, yeah, I was. Because so many of the shows that we've watched for the podcast were filmed in Canada. No, it's like, it's like one of Drew's favorite pastimes is to see what stuff was done in Canada. Oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> no, I, I'm a big like look behind the facts like person like that too, so I totally get it. I, I do have one um, question for you because I've been looking for a show lately. This is not anything to do with horror. It's more of a mystery show. I'm fairly certain yeah. it was made in Canada. It was about this kid who was, uh, his dad had disappeared years before and he ends up getting, he was trying to find where his dad went and ends up getting transported to this weird other land where he keeps seeing pictures of his dad and finds out that his dad, when he was younger, was, was there doing stuff. Okay. Um, are we talking like the nineties here? Yeah, it would have been, it would have been late eighties, early nineties, maybe in the mid nineties. Cause I'm a 92 baby. So, uh, I predate you a little bit. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm that's okay. That's totally okay. <laughs> but I, I like the only thing that comes to mind that I can vaguely remember follows a similar plot line to that would be the Odyssey. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. The oh, Odyssey was this super, super, super weird show that used to air on YTV. And uh, from what I remember, there was a kid that used to get transported to these different, like almost like fantasy, like like uh, sci-fi whimsical places, but also get transported like back home in time for lunch, like weird things like that. This is the show. So I don't know. This is it. This is the show. This is it. Oh my god! Eleven, there you go. Eleven-year-old Jay tries to join a tree fort club led by the tough Keith. As per a prearranged agreement, he has brought something of value to contribute—a telescope that belonged to his <laughs> father, who has been missing several years and is presumed dead. That's the show. Oh my god! Magic. Magic. <laughs> I'm so glad I could answer that for you. I, like I, that, that that made my night. <laughs> uh, this show had a very young Ryan Reynolds. Yes, what? yes. So, me, so it's so funny. My dad's gonna get the biggest kick out of this because him and I used to watch this, and I remember being a, like a kid, and we used to look at each other like, "What is going on?" But like, you're like, you're kind of glued to it because you don't know what's gonna happen yeah. next. But it was super weird, weird show. But totally cool. I'm so happy I can answer that for you. <laughs> you have definitely made. <laughs> so outside of 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 I mean being a, a big horror fan, both of us are massive fans of like syndicated genre shows from the '90s. Like we almost dedicated an entire podcast to just doing that, Love and um, we did a a pilot season uh, where we did four different genre pilots last September, and we had people vote on what they wanted to do, and they wanted us to do uh, filmed in Toronto, I think, or supposed to be Toronto, <laughs> Forever Night. Wow. Okay. Um, and so I, I did the entire first season of Forever Night over the course of a month. <laughs> that is, that is, uh, you know, I'm I'm not familiar with that show, but that that's awesome. So uh, you two are from Toronto? Yes, Angel. Yes, okay. Angel. No, show. <laughs> Boss Whedon took that show and just copied and pasted and made it Angel. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. No, that's no, good yeah. to know. We're 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 both you know, from the Southeast United States, so. uh Oh, awesome. Cool. Cool. Wow. That's, you know what? I'll be very honest with you. It's super like both like flattering and kind of like 
interesting that you two have such an obsession with Toronto. That's that's exactly <laughs> where I'm from. Like so, like like I I I can tell you like so much about. And you, you know, it's weird because now we have a little bit more of a booming film and TV industry than what we used to. But a lot of for some reason, a lot of '90s uh, TV shows were filmed here, and like mm-hmm. it's so weird. Like you would like uh, you, you meet people that like we're on goosebumps or where are you for the dark? And like, you ask them like what their experience was like, uh, you know, how, how is it to like go film a, like a RL Stein show and then go back to school. And like, everyone just like, kind of like shrugs it off. Like it was this totally normal. Like it, like it yeah. was just very casual, just a part of, you know? And yeah, it's, it's just so cool. It's so cool that like, I guess our film industry is starting to grow a little bit here now <laughs> well, well it, no, it, it, i mean half of the stuff that that we watch is filmed in vancouver so it's you know well that's true vancouver has a huge film industry yeah, that's totally I, cool I, I watch shows on the cw which it may as well be the vancouver network um <laughs> right. everything except for i think the originals which was filmed in the atlanta area i think yeah uh, yes or not, okay cool or, or somewhere in georgia but it's supposed it's supposed to be new orleans um but yeah, I, yeah, we're, we're big, big fans of, of, of that era as well. So that, that's awesome that, <laughs> that he knew. Show you. I, I can't believe it. Miles, we're adding that to a list of some kind, because I want to revisit that show at some point. Anyway, yeah, I, would, I, I would love to. <laughs> the honesty, um, man. God, well, that just brought back a lot of memories for me, too, because like, <laughs> that was like, that was crazy. That was a crazy show. So like, have you guys heard of like Freaky Stories? Freaky no. Links? Freaky Stories? Freaky Stories. I don't think so. Oh, you guys would like that. Freaky Stories was this animated cartoon horror, um, kind of like where every single episode, they would. it was kind of like uh, Tales of the Crypt, where like every single episode was a short little animated horror skit. But there were some really creepy ones in that too. And a lot of the times, uh, Lunette the Clown, the, the actress who played Lunette the Clown would be the narrator. Yeah, I've never seen this. This oh, Freaky Stories was great. Freaky Stories had some really, really like scary moments for sure. Some okay, of it did air in some of it did air in the U.S. as part of something called The Three Friends and Jerry on Fox Family, which is now Freeform in the U.S. But even oh, okay, that's cool, a cool. even that's a a, a, a Swedish German British co production. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel like 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 the three of us need to talk more about this like because i because <laughs> i i love it like i can totally go on about 90s canadian kids horror shows. i am all for it i mean we we, we brought you on specifically to have this chit chat like we're going to talk about night books but i i really just wanted to have you to, to sit and chit chat about horror and the impetus of of the channel and uh for those who um i guess it's the same for canada uh, who are interested in watching Freaky Stories, it's available to stream for free on Tubi. Oh, cool. There you go. Check it out. Yeah. I absolutely <laughs> will. Um, I was curious. Is there something, and this is actually for both of you, because I, I think I've asked Drew before. I think his is kind of Resident Evil. Um, but is there something from your childhood as as something in the horror genre that really stood out for you that that, be, that became the impetus of Okay, now I'm a horror fan, or I, I, I'm interested in this. Um, there were many moments for me. I had, uh, I have a mother who is a huge Halloween fan and a huge horror fan, and who has a very, very sick and twisted humor, and she loved 
she loved to scare me my entire life, especially as a kid. Like I remember like at a very young age, she had this little box that she'd kind of like, like had a, she had, there was a hole and she'd put her finger through it and put ketchup around it to make it look like a severed finger. And she would chase me around the house with it and I would run screaming, screaming. And she just found like the most joy in that. So I've always been into like, I guess being scared and, and scaring and, and, and all that. Um, I think, I think for me here, uh, like all that was kind of tied into, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say like, yeah, my mom played a huge part of horror for me growing up in terms of like, cause you know, she was the one who was like hand doing my Halloween costumes, you know, like all, all the best ones. This was before spirit Halloween. Like she, when she, 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 you know, stitch me a werewolf costume for grade three or whatnot. And like all these cool things. And like she, she would, her and my dad would take me out to like, uh, you know, every Halloween in, in Toronto, we have this thing called Screamers. And uh, Screamers is a little bit more for like, for late teens, uh, definitely more of a mature mature clientele. And they were taking me there from the time I was like 10 years old, like like so, going through, through you know, corn mazes with a guy that pops out with a chainsaw and I'm, I'm running for my life, right? So I've always kind of, from then I've always been into horror and, and just the whole element of horror. <laughs> And, and Drew, I mean, I know you, you're not the biggest horror fan, but for uh, you, it was Resident so, Evil. So it was that kind, you of, kind of a, kind of a combination. Resident Evil, I kept, I can, I played all the Resident Evil games, which I don't know why I did because I was scared the whole time. <laughs> I also saw the movie Alien and Aliens, uh, maybe a little too early, and uh, definitely spent a lot of nights just staying awake, wondering uh, what, what if one of those things was just up there crawling around on the ceiling? I don't know. It'll oh, probably be done. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. I think for me, I was always, always, always interested in the spooky stuff. And my parents had I mean, I was very much like Alex in, in the movie for this week. Like the parents didn't quite know what to do with them. And um, and I remember being allowed to watch uh, pay-per-view Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. That was my first like wow. R-rated horror film in the late 80s. <laughs> uh, and I was only, like four. But for whatever reason, like, I just, I don't think my parents knew what it was. And they went out, like, outside uh, a babysitter and she doesn't, didn't care. Um, but I, I want to say the, the thing that really, I think, ignited my full passion for, despite my, my constant interest, was Are You Afraid of the Dark? I think seeing this group of kids, one, share their lives and experiences together, and then share that through their stories. They, all these kids, I mean... I think every everyone who has grown up in the last 30 years that's in the horror scene, like always wanted to have a group of friends like the Midnight Society. Absolutely. Absolutely. I that's that's so true. That was sort of, that would be a dream come true to any horror fan, especially as a kid, to to sneak off at nighttime uh behind your parents' back with your friends and have a little campfire in the forest there. That sounds like so much fun. Uh, I definitely agree. Like, are you afraid of the dark is one of the staples of you know children's horror and uh for some reason like <clears throat> i don't know if, if, if it's because i'm like a 90s kid or what but it just gives me such strong 90s vibes like the clothing the music the hairstyles oh. like everything is just so unapologetically 90s that i love it and like re-watching it now it's definitely one of my comfort like shows i'll just binge a whole season of it because it's just so <laughs> relaxing and nostalgic for me for sure 
Drew and Drew and I have a very special affinity for '90s Nickelodeon, especially. I think it's the most <laughs> real that a network has ever been towards kids because oh. all of those shows never talked down to the audience. Never. Like, absolutely. It was, Are you it afraid was like of the, the dark? Was allowed to have bad endings, like unhappy endings. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is, which is oh, something yeah. again that we'll had... get into when we start talking about Nightbooks. Uh, the the idea yeah. of an unhappy ending. Yeah, no, I like, stuff like um like Pete and Pete, which is this I feel like a show that's still ahead of its time. Oh, for and... sure. I mean Yeah, yeah, totally. Like the, the the like the kind of the lessons and the topics that the like the nineties Nickelodeon, you know, tackled are are for some reason are topics that <laughs> I just don't really feel like are tackled today i know we have our own set of issues today i was going to follow that up with that exact topic because yeah i do as much as i appreciate anyone who does horror towards a younger audience i feel like and this would be a good segue to talking a little bit about night books but i feel like everyone tends to walk on eggshells and i I don't want to say it's partially because of but i mean it doesn't help that disney owns most of the studios putting out stuff anymore right and i appreciate there's two sides to that coin and i will say that a a lot of the the issues are people like me who grew up with stuff like this and who want to protect their children from it and there's there's one thing (laughs) uh, it's it's funny to say that but uh, but there is one other side of this coin that i want to talk about before we start talking about nightbooks because i think it's it's related at least somehow tangentially and that's something that doesn't exist in the same way today because we have netflix hulu hbo whatever all these streaming services at our fingertips but when we were coming up we had cable channels and tv channels that would that would air edited for content movies so it you might yes. have friday the 13th airing on the usa network at 10 o'clock USA's and it, up all night and it might <laughs> it might cut out some of the blood and it might and and, and all of the 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 nudity and everything like that right. but it's still that movie at its core and still when you're sure. when you're young and staying up too late and you're you know sneaking downstairs to watch tv when your parents think you're already in bed <laughs> you you may you're not watching the the you know the full R-rated cut but there's still scary stuff in it that's still that's still a thing and that p- aspect of of culture is is kind of lost in today's society but i look at something like nightbooks and i see some of those same elements um and so i i ask are you guys ready to talk about nightbooks yes i absolutely I- Super I did want to pumped. follow up on on something there. Uh, I know, me too, me too. So <laughs> yeah, there's so much to talk about. Well, it's because you know he makes a good point about uh, stuff that was made great for television. Point. Because I was literally before recording uh, watching the uh, ABC miniseries for Stephen King's It for like the millionth time, yes. which is something that was made for TV. And as a kid. That was one of the few movies that just absolutely terrified me. As a, oh, of as course, a of course, yeah. No, that TV adaptation was absolutely crazy, uh, and, and and it didn't hold back. What I want to say, those are all fantastic points. Um, you know, another thing that is also lost in kind of how we came up 
was the whole anticipation of something too. Like for example, when when uh, when when the haunted mask came out, okay, they were doing promos for that like like all month, all month like like they'd say Friday night, October twenty third, uh, Goosebumps haunted mask, and you knew like as a kid, one, wasn't it? Yes, uh, yes, yes, it was, yes, it was, um, and you knew like if you missed that. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. There's no rewind on cable. It's not like Netflix <laughs> where it's always there. Like I feel like so there is such like this buildup of of hype and and anticipation and there's it, it seemed to be a lot more monumental to be able to see these things yeah. and then go to school on Monday and talk to it with everybody. Now I feel like it's it's kind of fast paced and like everyone has Netflix now, so there's no real kind of urgency or, or there's no real celebration <laughs> i shouldn't say that but there's no real it's it's, it's not as as big as, as i feel like it once was um in terms of the excitement right but yeah. i do think that's changing i do think that's changing which is which i'm super happy about and like it's films like the night books that that are just like blowing my mind and, and, and i'm super excited to cover that it's it's so interesting, and I, it's one thing uh, before <laughs> I know I said this last time. Before we get night books, uh, that I do think it, going back to what we were talking about with Nickelodeon and how it felt like this was obviously not by kids for kids, but by people who understood kids. In the same way with both yes. uh, horror for kids and horror for teenagers, I feel like there that some of the writers are a little bit too absent from the age group and don't have an understanding for a lot of it. Ends up feeling. Hello, fellow kids. Yes. yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's one thing that, um, that uh, Corey Corey on Twitter talks about. Uh, they're the, the, the kind of teen correspondent for Fangoria or, or teen contributor. And they, yes. they advocate a lot for the use of creative teens on some of these projects to kind of make these things more authentic. And I, I'm not saying that it was present on Nightbooks, but it feels like someone had at least met someone from that age group <laughs> yes <laughs> and that's that's a huge that would be such a huge benefit you know is like to have uh gory cory like like i'm not like on set to like you know or, or, or at least corresponding with these directors and in charge of these kids to like horror movies for uh for kids to just kind of like have a little bit more of an ear to what's happening in the horror community sometimes i do feel like that is very much so missing you're absolutely right you can I, just I, always I, tell when it's something that's by the numbers as opposed to like uh is 2020s uh spontaneous which felt extremely mm -hmm. authentic yes yeah and you know what like i do feel like there are series now that are kind of changing that like i'm not sure how you guys felt about the uh the 2021 are you afraid of the dark but i thought that was love really it. well love done it. Love it, right? Really well done. Yeah, had some <laughs> genuine great scares. I, I um, haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but October's okay. a long month. <laughs> We're doing it this month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? It's 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 not too too bad for kids. It's definitely not as scary as night books. Um, there are some really really terrifying scenes. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like it's not as as uh, as intense as what the night as what night books is. But uh, yeah, really well done. Uh, the 2019 uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark 2 is really well done. Love that. So that's, that's uh, what we're doing secrets. for next week. 
Oh, that was a great series. That's a great series. The one um, that I wish was starring Brendan Urie because the 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 top hat guy looks so much like Brendan Urie from Panic <laughs> Disco. That that you know, I never thought about that. That's so funny. He would have been great. He would have been great. That's so, so funny. Cut you off. So uh, I do want to say because I want to I want to get into Nightbooks because uh, I want to talk yes. about it because you guys made me watch this movie we'll and it. I was very scared of it because um, it was a very I'm scary very, movie. Very excited to have uh, Renier on because this is such a blast. Well, no, I but, feel like we but, can we can do this for hours. So so I just want to say Nightbooks is a Netflix original movie based on a book by J. A. White uh, about uh, a young man named Alex who uh, has had something happen at the beginning of the story where he is going to burn his night books, the horror movie, horror stories that he has written. And along the way, he gets pulled into this mysterious apartment uh, that is occupied by a witch, Natasha, and another prisoner named Yasmin uh, as they try to figure out, uh, as Yasmin and Alex try to figure out how to escape. Uh, This... This movie is rated TVPG on Netflix. This movie is very scary. I almost had my kids watch this movie uh, with me. I'm glad I did not. I would still be trying to get them to sleep tonight. And my kids actually like horror stuff. They like scary stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought, remember last, uh, last year, I think you said it was your, your daughter who was very just like not affected at all by the scares. (laughs) Yeah, it's my 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 son's uh, nightmare before Christmas. Jack Skellington costume for Halloween that he is insisting on wearing just arrived today. (laughs) Love it. Love it. So so my 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 kids are uh, less uh, they're braver than I am. But I wanted to get into some (laughs) of I wanted to get into some of the background uh, of the production of this movie, because I uh, looking looking at the director uh, directed by uh, David Yarovesky. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, who is known mostly for uh, being associated with the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, especially the second one. He actually directed the music video, uh, the Hasselhoff music video for that. But uh, he he directed uh, 2019's Brightburn uh, about the the uh, the the kind of like darker Superman kind of story. Uh, and the, the screenplay was written by, uh, by two people, uh, Mickey Daughtry and Tobias Iaconis, who uh, wrote the curse of La Llorona together. So another, Oh wow. Another scary. Love that one. Being pals with James Gunn. Definitely. I, I can see that, that kind of connection now having, having watched the movie. Um, what was super interesting to me about this, and I, I actually didn't know this before starting the film, was that it was a, a ghost house film. And what I, I wanted to check out after I was finished was if this is something that they had done before. And I think this is the very first time that Sam Raimi's Ghost House Productions has done a horror for kids. That's super interesting. And, but, you know, I didn't know that. But that Love Sam Raimi style is so present in this. Oh my god! Yes, oh it is. The oh, second, the, the second half. The, the second I saw the the, in, the end credits and it's produced by Sam Raimi, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, also, yeah. no, got it, it made sense. <laughs> and also, I only bring this up because we talked about it earlier. Uh, this uh, was filmed between October and December of 2020 in the city of Toronto, Canada. <laughs> 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 That's right, my hometown. <laughs> 
that's so funny. That's um, yeah, no, this this movie definitely, um, yeah, you you hit the the second half of this is is something that I honestly can say I haven't really seen in kids horror before that level of terror. It definitely takes a step up from recent memory. Yeah. Oh my god, and like like I. Not sure if we're doing spoilers, not doing spoilers. So, so I'd say we do like two minutes of no spoilers and then we can spoil whatever we want. Okay, cool. Because there's like the the adaption, like the, the whole movie kind of like has this Hansel and Gretel vibe. But to see it play out in the second half was was one of the scariest modern film depictions of that fairy tale that I've ever seen in my life. Like bar none. I was really happy they went there. Um, and so to, to dial it back a little bit, the character of Alex was so just appealing to me because I felt like I was that kid. We know, are Alex. This. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I think it's a shared experience by a lot of kids who grew up, especially in non cities um, or in smaller areas that didn't have a lot of people around that really understood horror or not even understood horror as if they didn't get it, but like they were into it and therefore it, they felt like other and weird. And there are and they, and always they times where those kids. And they didn't necessarily have an online outlet to talk to all of their, right. their friends on the internet that they've never met in real life, but have talked for hours on end about different stuff that they're into. Right, right. Yeah, that's actually one of the main reasons I was an early adapter. I mean, my dad was built built computers in the in the eighties, so he had always introduced me to computers. But when I introduced to the idea that I could chat with other people about what I was interested in that I wasn't talking to with kids at school, that just blew my mind. And yeah, I really felt all of everything that Alex was in this, from his insecurity about his stories and the reasoning. He just wanted to have a normal experience, but he, he also clearly wanted to do the thing that he loved. And yeah. that really that really hit home for me. And and yes. and, and, and spoiler spoilers are now in effect that 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 because it, it's such a, a childhood story of you know willfully giving up the thing that you love in order to fit in is such a, a, a an iconic mm-hmm childhood story moment that you know we a lot of us go through in real life it's it's absolutely i mean you you honestly i I think you see it more in in media aimed at at young women than you do aimed at young men but you know like that's a great point too that's a great point yeah but but it's 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 interesting to see it from from that side of things mostly because like i would think and starting watching this watching this movie like oh he's a clever kid who's writing scary stories i bet he's super popular and i bet for a while he probably was but then things change (laughs) you know people grow up people people's tastes change and people are, are affected by outside influences exactly and there was that scene where you know that that scene that crushed my heart where uh where you know he was trying to i guess invite his friend to his party oh, and gosh. uh oh yeah oh, right right oh, right okay I, like, terrible. I, legit, I legit teared up at that when he's no it was horrible scene it was it was yeah, just it was just so harrowing putting his heart on the line for for like his his best friend and like then the 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 cool guy comes from the back and it just kind of like the theme of like fitting in trying to be cool 
it just really hit home for I think a lot of horror fans across the board. Like that, yeah. like as I said, we are all Alex, <laughs> especially in, 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 in moments like those, right? So it, it, yeah. it, I, I just I just want to also give give a big shout out to to Winslow Fegley's the actor who plays Alex just did a fantastic job. Fantastic job in this. Super, super fantastic job. Yeah. Like amazing job and just made his role just super like relatable and yeah personable right like just you could you like it felt like 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 i felt so bad like i wanted to defend him i felt so <laughs> bad for him right i wanted to come to his party like that party looked awesome did you see the 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 the, the halloween decorations and like the parents were wearing costumes like but, that party would have been but, awesome. that, but that's yeah. that's uh, again that's another thing i love about this movie is that they don't tell you everything at the very beginning which of course a lot of movies okay. <laughs> a lot of movies say but we don't know at the very beginning of this movie it just looks like a Halloween party. We don't know right, what's and, going on. And, and, that, and, and, yeah, and, and we go straight from that to Alex being kidnapped by this apartment. And, and we don't find I out love the, how this movie just gets right into it. It gets right into yeah. it. And by the way, right that, that whole moment at the beginning is terrifying. It is so scary. And with the, with, with the, 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 the like dark figure behind him and he turns around and it's not there and it's across the room. It's like all of this stuff is, is oh, like, it, it's, it's almost, it's almost tropey in a way when, when it comes to, to horror movies. And, and I say this as someone who is not a huge fan of horror movies, I've, I've predicted a lot of things in the story of this movie. That's not important because it's, it's, it's still, it, it lands the moments it needs to land. And, oh man, Absolutely. it is. So scary. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so scary. Some of like, especially like, yeah, you hear like the beginning, like that, like the elevator scene, all that, like those are like horrifying moments. Like those are moments that I would like, like, cause here's the thing now that, especially now that I've, I've been watching all these new horror movies, I, I missed all my life from being a chicken. Like I relate kids horror to more mature horror. So like when I see that scene, I'm like, Oh, Annabelle. I'm like, ooh, that that that's kind of like up there with how scary the elevator scene in Annabelle was. Or like, for example, when um, like um, when when you know the like the witch's skin is literally sizzling and bubbling in the oven. I'm like, that was a more graphic depiction of what it's like to have your skin boiled than what I remember seeing in like Final Destination. Um, in the like the the what's it called like the tanning salon scene so like so, it was so crazy to me the way they push that so th so this is where i want to i want to circle back to to my edited for content moment because this movie is not bloody it is not sexy or naked or anything like that because it's about children but it uses everything it can to be legitimately scary without resorting to the stuff that would give it a higher rating. Like the fact that in this, in this country, blood would immediately get it a, a higher rating. It doesn't have any of that. The, the, the creepiest thing no that had, like the, you can have a witch that skin is fused with candy. You can have that candy melt and that doesn't yeah. make a big deal. You can have and a bunch of, and, 
You can have a bunch of skull-faced spiders, which thank you for those night books to haunt my dreams for <laughs> the, ne- the rest of the next week. It's, it's you one can, of the I knew you I can... wasn't going to watch this with my girlfriend because spiders are her her note. Oh, she wouldn't like that. You can smash those with a book and have it splatter like goop everywhere, purple and green God. and whatnot. But it's not blood, and and all of that stuff just it keeps it at that line. And I think when you have people that are responsible for, you know, actual horror movies being in control of this movie, that's where you get that stuff coming 100%. through. 100%. 100%. Yeah, because they, they really nailed, as you said, like, they're, they are literally, they are on the line. But they're not crossing it, but they are sure on it. And, and I think that really works throughout <laughs> the whole film. They they absolutely made a Sam Raimi movie for kids, and I think the reason it doesn't push over that line solely rests on the back of Kristen Ritter, because her performance is equally serious, but also equally camp to a degree that, like, she knows what movies, movies she's in, and you can tell she is having a blast with these kids. A blast. But the way, but the way she does some of her kind of not, I wouldn't say melodrama, but the way she does some of her expressions and the way she throws her voice in certain ways brings it back to, hey, this is for kids. And yes. I think because she she's an excellent actress, she knew exactly what the kind of what she had to be to me, that she knew she had to play it straight enough to where it delivers the point, but not too straight that it pushes that movie from being a, a horror for kids to just being a horror film. No, you absolutely got it. She's a phenomenal actress. Like I she what she did with her role in like just making it, you know, just just that right level of comedic, but also ter- like she had her moments of where she was absolutely terrifying. Like when she when her eyes would roll back and she'd kind of like burst into like a jump scene. Like that was genuinely terrifying. Yeah. But there's yeah. also those moments where, where where you can resonate with her character and feel like almost like sad for her when she's telling the story of how like she too was a uh, like a victim of the apartment and you know when she went home her family had moved and like kind of like forgotten about her so she came back and so like you almost kind of feel bad um and i'm not gonna like get get too ahead of ourselves but the ending though leaves definite room for like maybe a part two which i'm super excited to hopefully see her (laughs) come back and be a part of that i I hope i didn't read it for anybody have done very well so i hope we get one Yes, I, so she she nailed. I, I she just nailed it. I, okay, again, we're we're in spoil it was spoiler territory now. I got to talk about that that post that post credits mid credit scene because you really think one oh, thing's yeah. going to happen in that scene and then something else happens and that is like genius because because that's because the thing because the thing I'll say uh, this is a happy ending on certain levels but it's not the super happy ending that I ex- like I expected when they when they finally defeated the witch all of the 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 kids that had been trapped in the house would just come back to life and emerge out from statues and things <laughs> like that and not, that did not happen maybe maybe part two we'll see but but that was what i was that yeah. scene i was just expecting that to happen and it did not and i was just like okay all right okay <laughs> no but i yeah no absolutely and i love the way that it leads you to believe that that's one thing that it, it, it's super super effective it, at that it, was awesome 
it focuses on Yasmin's friend so much. And there's just that ever slightly mm-hmm. little yeah. zoom yeah. in, zoom in, zoom in. No. <laughs> I also, <laughs> I, I am such a big fan of, of how they did <laughs> the witch because. So she I just want to talk about that. Her whole thing is that she wants to be read scary stories. And for yep. Alex, that should be, oh man, someone wants to hear this stuff I've done. And it's it's very much that moment where like someone who's into horror, you know, uh, applies for something or sends in an article or a short story or a submission of some sort only to be kind of knocked down by somebody who has quote unquote been there. Like she's very much kind of like this um, internet comment come to life when she <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's right. not how that would work. <laughs> oh, when Alex no, first, like, when she talks about ghosts, and Alex is like, "Are you sure?" The look she gives him is hilarious. Gold, gold. But yeah, but that's so good. I also. Oh, go ahead. No, I I would just don't, like. I also want to like give them their praise for how they did the original witch. And how creepy, mm-hmm. do you remember how she emerged from her little coffin? Yeah. How every single bone just <laughs> broke until that, she that, was that like was standing. The, that was the come the on, Raimi. <laughs> like, come on. You don't see that in kids' horror. And I was oh. so thrilled, so thrilled. Like, it's those little things that, that will give a kid nightmares. It's not like the overall scene's terrifying, but it's the way that witch emerged out of the coffin that a kid will never forget. Yeah, that and, is and, the icing on the cake. For that scene exactly also well so, so what i was gonna say yeah, is, yeah. is getting back to to the scary stories <laughs> and her being that internet troll commenter the, just the clever turn that they use to trick her into revealing how they can give her the sleeping potion oh, right it's just it's beautiful it's beautiful <laughs> it's a very Perfect. cleverly written story and it, and it yeah, and it right. builds it, it, out the scene that Oh, go ahead, Miles. I, I keep I'm, I, I keep talking about this horror movie. We're, we're what, all, there's so much to talk about. So much to talk about. I, I'm super excited. We're all just very, very excited to talk about this stuff, and I, I'm thrilled with it. Um, but to to talk about the a little bit more about the scene that uh, Rainier was talking about, the the movie knows it, again. It always catches itself right before it's about to cross the line because yeah, you have that big scary witch moment, but then. Alex does something like a kid at recess and yells, "Witch fight!" <laughs> and that's love that line. So good, so good. love that line. Love that line. That was so perfect. I and mean, yeah, like the balance of both like realistic comedy, but horror is just it just works so well in this film. So well in this film. And and, yeah, and th- I, I, think, I love it. I, I think what I like most about this movie, it, 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 besides the fact that it is. You know, it is it is legitimately scary, but also funny and fun is that the story isn't that complicated. It is simple enough that a kid could go through this movie and understand it and be surprised by something they didn't think of. You've got you've got Alex in this house and then he learns that uh, he's got to read scary stories to to the, the witch. Then you've got Yasmin who shows up. And he has to earn Yasmin's trust. And then Yasmin trusts him to do this. And then you've got the cat, the the, the invisible Lenora. cat. Yeah, we've spoken about the cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and that over time, 
you learn you you get to trust the cat and 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 Alex builds the trust with the cat in that scene and then the stories are destroyed. Which is a way to wordlessly it's a way to wordlessly talk about Alex's character without telling you. You see her, you see him consistently check on the cat despite the fact that the cat often attacks him. He's <laughs> but, still, yeah. you know and, and helps he, the cat at all turns. He saves the cat from the the death moss or whatever it was called. I forget what the the yes, what, right. And the and s- after that, in the flashers, next, it was the spider the, silk I think stuff. The sh- no, yeah, the shredder was going to get it anyways. So. Oh, the, sh- the shredder, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so oh, we're talking about the demon silk. Demon silk, yes. He saves demon silk. Demon he silk. saves the cat from the demon silk, and then in the next scene, all they show you is that the cat jumps up in his lap, and that's just that's all you have to show that a cat trusts mm-hmm. you. <laughs> you know, it, it's right. it, that's all you right. have to do. And, but but then the shredder gets out and destroys his stories, so he's got to make one up, and then he's got to finally reveal what actually happened. It's all this stuff that just it, it's it's. It's simple if you're, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't think there was too much for any of us to be surprised at that was going to happen in this story uh, uh, outside of maybe one thing that I was kind of interested in. Uh, I did not expect the full Hansel and Gretel turnaround uh, that I didn't expect that to pay oh, off. That's fun. But, I mean, but 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 that's, but that's but that's, that's, but, that's but, the, but that's what you want out of a kid's story that that it's something that they can watch and understand and relate to because it's complicated enough but it's not overly complicated it's not uh um uh a, a more complicated horror movie that i don't know enough about horror movies <laughs> to, to give an example of about horror movies in general i don't care if you're original i care if you're good like I'm not yeah. going to go see Halloween Kills because I think they're going to reinvent the slasher genre. I, I'm hoping they're going to deliver a really good slasher movie. That's all I want. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, yeah. I mean, James Wan's The Conjuring didn't reinvent or add something brand new to the haunted house story. It told you a really good classic haunted house story. And I think that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Uh, yeah, no, this this is I I I. I for sure, I feel like this will be one of the classic uh, kids horror movies that, even if not right now, I feel like five years, ten years, people will revisit this, and I think it's going to be like a a definitely like a, a a turning point for what we can allow in kids horror. I definitely feel like there's going to be more, uh, a lot more people pushing the limit now. And and I'm super excited for that. One of the things that I also wanted to touch on too was uh, how kind of scary Alex's stories were. Like that first one, uh, the playground, when he oh, goes yeah. to that playground and there's all those all those dead kids like playing around like the playground. They all like circle him and like their eyes are white. They've got like the red around them. That was that was genuine, genuinely terrifying. Reminded me of like that whole like are you afraid of the dark vibe? <laughs> to, like how they handled dead kids so too I, much. I, I just I, I'm I, so I, glad I, you said I, that. I, I just even before that, just the way that they framed those stories with like the cardboard cutout sets and all of that. Yeah. just really, really worked. Specific for horror lovers. I, yeah. I loved that they added a horror anthology aspect to this movie. I mean, this yeah. this really felt like an Are You Afraid of the Dark story with a with a budget because those stories always 
while they kind of had the the budget of a high school drama production, they always right. told a good story, and that story always showed through. Even the the cheap effects and the and the cheap lighting and the local actors, like it didn't matter because they were. Oh yeah, stuff. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> and I mean, I, to touch on what you were talking about um, a little bit earlier is like I think it's a great. I do hope this is a new benchmark because I think it is. We needed something to to give other productions permission to be a little scary for kids. Because love that, love that. If you watch movies from the from the eighties and the early nineties, they had no trouble being a little scary for kids. Even Disney, no trouble at all. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And at some point we lost that, but I I do hope that this uh that this kind of brings us back to that because kids yeah. like to be scared. Kids like horror. Right. And uh, yeah, so I definitely feel like we need to move more in that direction. And I, I definitely feel like this film is uh, a footstep in that right direction. So, so, um, question for you. Oh, oh go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I... Do you think that this movie at any point like was not inspired by because we know we had the book, but do you think that the episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, uh, the bookish babysitter, had anything to do with the concept of this movie. I would not be surprised at all. I mean, I think because that's one of my favorite episodes. So I, I like, I, I know it like the back of my hand and I, I really, I get like, there's some elements in, from that, that I see in this and I love it. Like, and, and it really hit me. Like when you said it's like a bigger production of, are you afraid of the dog? And I, that really struck me. I'm like, this is like, if they were to take the bookish babysitter and make it into a, a Netflix movie. I think for anyone of a certain age or who was watching at the time, I think are your the, the DNA of Are You Afraid of the Dark is embedded into so many creatives, even if it's unconscious. I, yes, I mean I agree. There, there are things I that, that I know that I love because yes, it existed before, but I didn't see it before. Like one of my favorite episodes, it's not even scary, but the tale of the pinball wizard, because I love things that oh, yeah. balls. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was great. I I hadn't seen Chopping Mall at that point, so I didn't have that. But now, like, I know my love for mall horror comes from that specific episode. So, so no, here, correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the one where they're okay. Now, that might be one of my favorite episodes too. Is that the one where it's the uh, the the guy who's trying to save the girl mm -hmm. and they're in the mall and there's like, it's like a mall. It's very like, there's like the fog machines just going off and like the mall's closed. So it's got that creepy, like the intro of, uh, so what? okay. Yes. Love that episode. Love that. Love that one. Oh. That one definitely, definitely gave me. And it's, it's so funny. Cause when I saw fear street part one, I, I, I got the vibes from that, that episode as well. Movie. I love that movie so much. Yeah, so, <laughs> of course, so, '90s. Here we go. Like, <laughs> so, so I have a, I have a two part, two part, or kind of a question to you guys and a statement for it for you. Because okay. I, this is coming from from me that's not a not a big horror kid. When when Are You Afraid of the Dark's uh, opening theme started, that's when t the TV got turned off for me at night because. <laughs> that creepy it's doll. a creepy theme it's typically oh, actually the, the theme right. song is creepier than most episodes but uh <laughs> but you're right 
it it seems to me and watching Alex in this movie and and talking Miles knowing you for forever is horror as as you guys were growing up and experiencing stuff like this was it a solitary thing or was it a group thing was a group thing like if I could help it but it was often a solitary thing I agree. It was often for me a solitary thing. I was an only child for a long time before my siblings came along. Uh, and when they did come along, I immediately pumped horror into them. But before then, <laughs> it was pretty much, it was just like me, uh, my older cousin. I didn't really have that many friends at school that were into horror. So yes, totally solitary. So so but, I was I was an only child so anything that anything I saw was a solitary thing for me a lot of the time because my parents <laughs> weren't going to watch horror movies with me but stuff like are you afraid of the dark are you afraid of the dark goosebumps like goosebumps was afternoons after school are you afraid of the dark was saturday nights at like 9:30 or whenever it came on I'm here I'm gonna, I'm gonna I I I I brought my my iPad down here cuz I wanted to test something and I just wanted to see because I don't see this movie as something that I would watch with my children. Uh, one, because I <laughs> think it would be too scary for them. But the thing about kids and the thing that I that I have known as a parent, I've got a, a, a nine year old, almost 10 and a six year old who will be seven literally in two days. And kids, oh, they 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 will sometimes ask you uh, if they can watch something. But sometimes they won't. This is night books in my six year old daughter's Netflix account because it's rated TV PG. She could watch it right now without asking me, without getting permission. She could just go and watch it. And that's where I think this movie could make some kind of impact because it is available it is not behind uh, an age limit. It is it is it is there. It's TVPG and it's still that scary and it would it would awaken that in somebody there. And um, that is just something I had to check because I, I hadn't thought about that because I, I knew it was TVPG. But I was like, surely my kids can't see this, right? No, they totally can. <laughs> totally no. can. No, no, <laughs> uh, no definitely. I yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think it's it's I <laughs> I think it's so important that something like that is available because kids like to test themselves on their own on their own terms. That's why I think what uh Renier does is so important is to constantly keep these things in a conversation. So I I love the fact that like that would have been something if I was of a certain age where you know my content was being kind of um edited a little bit more having that one thing that i could possibly go to would honestly be wondrous yes i i agree and thank you so much for that like i i really try and keep uh people talking about kids horror keep people interested in kids horror i i, I love when some of the the bigger names will will um have like engaged with us so like i know that they're at least at some point kids horror is crossing their minds and just a lot of the reactions and replies and comments that i get on a lot of the posts that i i, I post i've just been so supportive and so enthusiastic and i love talking with people you know sometimes i'll i'll admit it's we have grown uh, a lot faster than i would have wildly ever imagined 
and so it is sometimes hard to keep track of all the replies sometimes but I, I i try my absolute best because as like i don't know as, as you can see here i love talking about controller <laughs> and i could literally do it all day and night so it's it's great i i i love all i think like i don't know how many follow all of our followers especially the ones that like continuously like repeatedly will will engage with us it just it just makes the whole community so much more like inclusive and and I, I really feel like I hope I hope that kids uh, who follow our page can kind of feel you know like they're not as solitary as, as we did when when we were their age you know I hope they feel a lot more of a sense of community and and that's a part of what I hope that I'm doing with the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean we know I've I've been so thankful that an outlet like that exists and like from the very first time i i saw you post and and i i want to touch on something you said um about uh inclusivity because that is something i feel like night books does very well because we haven't really talked a lot about yasmin who is a girl of color color who is allowed to have agency who is allowed to be traumatized who's allowed to overcome that trauma on her own like alex is never like in put in a position where he is he's the quote-unquote main character to uh an advertiser but those both those kids are the star of the show yeah and 100%. i think they both allow each other to symbiotically escape yeah absolutely and i i love how the like at first things are a little bit you know hostile between the two the two of them are a little bit in unfamiliar territory with where they are and etc right. etc but as the movie goes on they build this trust they build this trust through all kinds of through defending each other, through growing with each other, through whatever, whatever. They learn to trust each other, and uh, you know, I, I think that that really shows, you know, kids and adults that like, you know, like no matter your race, your age, your color, whatever, like we can work together to to defeat the witch <laughs> or whatever that stands for, right? So I love that um, we did get this this strong. Uh, character of color um you know i i think she did a phenomenal phenomenal job awesome at, uh, uh, at, yeah just just phenomenal i i think the film did such a good job of because they didn't do that that kind of paint by numbers story and they gave each character equal agency and time to kind of um show the audience their character i would i wouldn't say that either kid is the the protagonist but friendship itself i mean that i think that's yeah, what no. i was making is friendship is is the protagonist it's both of them together absolutely and it felt so organic like it, it didn't feel forced it didn't feel shoved down our throats you know that this is what they're trying to do everything just felt like it was very very uh like authentic yeah totally agreed totally agreed uh guys we're at about an hour uh do we have any final thoughts <laughs> <laughs> on night wow, books by, oh my god <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> i didn't even realize that when um when he asked you know how long we usually ran i was like well but give or take an hour but i i didn't I, what i didn't say there was a hidden asterisk is that but if we get chatty we'll mm. <laughs> love it um, love it no i i can do this all all night <laughs> yeah yeah of course, of course. Uh, i i can definitively say 
uh, Night Books is the best movie of 2021 to feature an invisible cat pooping on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, gosh. That's- <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those scenes where I was like, did I just see that? Like, is was that, that really was in that this really? movie? <laughs> but that's the element got of uh, a kids splatter. <laughs> like you have that, that had that adolescent humor that kids just eat up. Like, this, this movie does such a good job. But every now and then. It, up, it was on that sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> no, but every, every now and then, the, the, the right thing, whether it's the the blue tones behind Natasha or you know cracking the right joke, they 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 have such a wonderful balance of yeah, maintaining yeah. what you would usually associate with a kids movie and a, a Sam Raimi horror film. And I'm just I'm so impressed because a lot of times you have films that I like, like Scary Stories It's on the Dark, where, well, we have to push the envelope and make it be a super PG-13. This movie has the, the, it gives itself the authority to be a kid's movie that's scary. Right. No, I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have said it any better myself. It is, it is uh, so refreshing to be able to watch something that's so, that stays so true to its horror roots. I mean, like everything from like, I'm not sure if you even call like the posters on Alex's wall. How awesome were those? He had like, I literally would pause <laughs> and count. Like he had Candyman. He had The Thing. He had uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Like he had just so many like iconic, uh, The Lost Boys. There's the so lo- many like iconic horror posters. The Lost Boys like, yeah, plays and, like, into how he gets captured in the first place. They, they have a scene of right? it playing. Like, Oh yeah, I, I would have been captured real quick. And of quick. course, what is the what is the treat that he gets captured with? A slice of pumpkin pie, the most fall Come on. of treats. Come on. Come on. I also love that his nickname was Creep Show, eh? Yeah. But that's a cool little that's a cool it's little, good. little insert there. Uh, another cool little I mean, if you're a fan of the Lost Boys, they have a cover of Cry Little Sister at the end of the movie. Yes, exactly. It's How awesome nice. is that? <laughs> See, I've never, I've, I've never seen Lost Boys, but I, I did kind of figure oh. that was probably something important because I, it had lyrics and stuff. Right. And I was like, this is probably yeah, a reference to something. I think you would like the Lost Boys. It's, it's very. Me too. It's not too 80s, scary. It's an eighties teen movie more than it is a horror film. I, 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 would say, I, 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 I know I, a bunch I, of horror I, films are going to be like. Again, this is something that as I have gotten older and as I have known Miles, I have learned that most of the horror movies that I think I would have been afraid of are more campy than scary and more fun than terrifying in a lot of ways. Like, you know, Freddy Krueger is telling jokes the entire time that he's, he's killing people. And (laughs) you know, that I said it was more of a teen movie than a horror movie. And what I meant was it's, it's more of a, of a film for the, the young audience at that time. Yeah. Yeah, it, like it totally it's it's it, it gives me um Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie vibes where like there are, are horror elements to it, but it is very much so like a teen movie, right? But yeah, so yeah, you, like, you, you can't be too serious when you have the two Corys involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There you go. When you have when you have there Kiefer you Sutherland as a mulleted vampire. <laughs> uh there you go. Awesome in that movie. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I definitely feel like you should check that one out because it's not too too scary. And 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 from one 
uh, chicken to another. <laughs> it's 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 pretty tame. It's pretty tame. <laughs> so well, while while we have you here, what what are you going to have on your uh, Halloween watch list this year? On my personal Halloween watch list, definitely going to go see Halloween Kills. I'm super excited about that movie. I can't wait. Um, that that's definitely going to be one of the highlights of my Halloween year. Um, I I want to. There are a couple Halloweens that I've missed actually. That because I, I I'm not sure if you remember. I said I, I just recently started to get into these slash movies i've been a horror fan all my life but the gore and blood i was just so like i, I don't know turned off by them and i just recently was able to overcome that so i think i've made it up to like halloween uh halloween three and so i want to continue to watch those and kind of like gradually build up the halloween kill i did see the 2018 one loved it loved it so i'm going to kind of build my way up to halloween kills um <clears throat> What else do I definitely want to make sure I catch this year or this this Halloween month? Trick or Treat is a movie that I have heard a tremendous bit about and I've never had the chance to watch. So I definitely want to check that one out too. You will have fun. You will have a lot of fun with that one. It's a good anthology That's what I heard. Film. And I mean, I love the horror anthologies making a comeback. I'm excited for VHS Money 4. Um, if, you, if you want to see a deconstruction of the horror anthology i highly recommend checking out scare me oh okay definitely scare me i'll, I'll definitely make sure uh, i check that out it's it's on shutter uh but it was a lot of fun um just i don't scare know me. i mean i can okay. sit here and talk horror all day so you may you may notice <laughs> that i try to rein miles in because our i only have so much hard drive space to record an episode <laughs> <laughs> that's totally okay you know what and from like a kid's horror standpoint if um i don't know if, you've, if either of you have had the chance to check out the uh scooby-doo encourage the cowardly dog what? crossover yeah. that one's an awesome one that one's really good um and scaredy cats is also really cute too um like more of like a kind of like think like the craft but for kids uh very very much so for kids yeah but okay. that, that one's really cute too uh, when did when did that one come out? I, I've never heard of it. Scary Cats came out, I think, like a few days ago, or like maybe a week or two ago. Oh, it's a Netflix show. Netflix, oh wow! Yeah. Netflix okay, cool. getting into yeah, the getting into the season. And that's, there you go. I mean, and, I, I, and I unlike a lot of other streaming services, yeah. if it's a Netflix original, it'll be there forever. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm I'm very very happy with Netflix's output. I know that Disney is uh, doing a remake of Under Wraps, which was their first Disney Channel original movie. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I'm super excited for that too. I love the original. That's like it's like a Disney Channel classic. Under Wraps, uh, Phantom of the Megaplex, Don't Look Under the Bed. Those are like what we all grew up on. A chunk of those last year, I was planning on doing a big like long like series on it but i just it just never happened um nice fan of the multiplex is 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 very uh fun i one of my favorites that involves a movie theater is the that's one episode of are you for the dark where they uh have the tickets that make nosferatu come to life nosferatu yes yes i was gonna say that's a great episode um, i love that one but Thank you so, so much for coming on and chatting with this because I have had the absolute best time. I have been such a big fan of what you do and what you do for the kids horror scene because 
it is monumentally important. And I love seeing the outreach that you're getting. And hopefully that is going to get more people consistently excited and having horror for kids on the brain. And we get more great content like night books because of people like you. Wow. That, that means the absolute world to me. Like, thank you. Thank you so, so much for being so kind for having me on this amazing, amazing podcast. The two of you are phenomenal. I wish you guys all of the success. Um, I just, I like, I'm, I'm blown away by how, how well received we are. And it's, to like people like you guys who have just been so amazing. Um, I definitely hope to hope to keep, keep you guys entertained and, and in the loop. I want you both to know that you're both um, honorary members of horror for kids. So <laughs> if at any point you guys want to, want to like shoot me a message on like a suggestion. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's such a cool talk. Uh, yeah. But no, if, if you guys have any like suggestions or you guys have any input, any feedback, please, please, please feel free to let me know. Like, honestly, I I'm, I'm, I'm so into it. I would love if you started doing some video content, um, okay. and, you know, do either maybe not reviews, but like maybe some lists or some, you know, different specialized things. Uh, I, I got it. Got it. Video content. No, like, like more, more like interactive, like polls and whatnot. Yeah. Like yeah, polls. Well, okay. Okay. Cool. Or like when I asked you, like, you know, what, what's, what's your top 10, uh, you know, Halloween must watch list for this season or, I mean, okay, got it. I think it'll be super cool. I think you have an, a fantastic personality, a great voice for it. I think that ah, thank you. it would be a treat for for people like me because I always love that kind of content. Uh, look, um, I, I if, have watched the if, two of if, you talk on Twitter for like I don't know how long now, <laughs> at least a year. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome, man! No, you guys, you guys are you you guys are just as much uh, horror for kids as as, as anyone. So I so appreciate that feedback and like. Uh, if you guys have any sort of uh, like input, you guys want to want to like if, if we're ever doing whatever, like a podcast ourselves or whatever, we'd, we'd, we'd love to have you guys on board because you guys are awesome. I'm and bad. we would love to have you back anytime <laughs> you want to come back. It's uh, <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> so in the meantime, uh, where can people find your stuff? We have talked about horror for kids, uh, the the uh, but yeah. it, that's horror for the number four kids, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're yeah. So our main, uh, I'd say, our main social media platform is Twitter, but we are also on Facebook and also on Instagram as well. Awesome. So if, uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think you know, and like, like Twitter, I find for me is is a great platform because it allows me to like have conversations and to like engage. And I find to like to hear so many different perspectives from all over the world. So I, I definitely love being on Twitter, but yeah, on Facebook and Instagram as well. Awesome. As long as Facebook and Instagram are back up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's such a that's timely it. joke. That's going to make so much sense if somebody listens to this in a year. Oh, in the meantime, <laughs> Miles, uh, you have this whole month planned out. What are we doing next week? So next week, we are going to be watching the 2019 revival of Are You Afraid of the Dark? You can find that on Netflix currently. I believe it's also on Paramount+. Plus. It is only three episodes, so it's not a very, very long watch. Um, it was show run by uh, Ben David Grabinski, 
who is a tremendous writer. And I am so excited that Are You For The Dark has been brought back, you know, fairly consistently now. So I'm hoping for a, a third season, but we're going we're gonna to check out the actual uh, relaunch of this storied franchise that means so much to so many people. Awesome. So that is going to be next week on The More You Nerd. In the meantime, you can find us at themoreyounerd.com. You can tweet to us at The More You Nerd. You can go to facebook.com slash The More You Nerd. And you can find some sweet, sweet merch at themoreyounerd.threadless.com. You can also email us at themoreyounerd at gmail.com. That's themoreyounerd at gmail.com with your questions comments or if you have something cool horror related whether it's for kids or otherwise that you want us to check out send that on in and in the meantime miles we end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd. out, out. <laughs> ah!